Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Spring deals at Ross will have you saying, it's a yes for me. Say yes to trending looks like tube tops, dad shorts, and miniskirts for less than online, or vintage tees and beach shorts for a weekend getaway. With all the styles to choose from, there's a yes around every corner. Because saving money and looking good is what you do. It's a yes for you and your bank account. Hit up Ross for your certified yes for me moment. Another pain point that I hear online when I host these conversations online a lot is when a friend's life has changed in a way that yours hasn't. Yeah. So friends get married and you're still single. You have a baby and your friends don't have children yet. Those like big life changes. And then it's kind of a struggle to figure out how you fit into one another's new existence. Mm -hmm. And it seems like that's a miscommunication on both sides of that equation, Mm -hmm. right? The single women want to be invited still to the things where it's all couples. Mm -hmm. Couples don't want to feel like that they're sticks in the mud and not fun anymore with their single friends. Like Mm -hmm. everybody is sort of feeling the itch and uncomfortableness. Mm -hmm. I feel like when uh, friendship groups like the circumstances change. You're listening to She with Jordan Lee Dooley, a personal development podcast for the everyday woman. Come invited, leave ignited. Here's your host, Jordan Lee Dooley. Hey, Laura, welcome to She. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yes, so excited to have you. This is a topic I think is so needed. So I'm so looking forward to chatting about it. But let's start with some of your background. Can you share a little bit of your story and what led you to write a book about friendship? Well, my first book is about sharing yourself to deepen connection. And it felt like this was the next natural step. Mm -hmm. I've been writing on the internet and speaking about sharing ourselves for all this time. Mm -hmm. And the next sort of question is, okay, I get how to share myself or why it's important, but Mm. who am I supposed to share myself? Mm. Like, who are my people? Who do I trust? Who do I invest in? And I felt like that this idea of the complications of adult friendship kept coming up in all of my work. You know, I started blogging, like I started as a mommy blogger when I had a baby and that baby is now 13. So Over a decade ago, I've been writing, since I've been writing on the internet, and I started that blog, that mommy blog, from a place of loneliness. I was like newly at home, like with a child, trying to start a family, not working for the first time in a long time. And so I wrote about loneliness back then, so over 10 years ago. And since then, throughout all of my work, there's been this thread of women wanting to talk about why adult friendship is so much harder Mm -hmm. than we were led to believe. Like everyone has friendship angst Mm -hmm. and everyone has friendship stuff. And we want to feel like, oh, we're adults now. We should be above the drama or we, you know, we should have figured this out. And just everybody I talk to 
no one has figured it out mm-hmm. and no one is talking about it in a really specific way. Mm-hmm. It's funny because there's all of these like podcasts and books and social media accounts dedicated to mm-hmm. strengthening your marriage or becoming a better parent or obviously growing your business. People do not talk about friendship, mm-hmm. even though it's one of the most important relationships in our whole life. Yeah. It's so true. And I think this concept of loneliness, so many of us can relate with when we go through a season change and maybe our friends that we were in a previous season with aren't in the same place. Or when it sometimes feels like this is something I recently experienced, feeling like everyone else is moving on with their life and you're kind of stuck where you are, like your life isn't on the same pace or happening in the same way. And you can kind of just feel like kind of lost, you know? And I just, I'm so thankful that you write about this and that you're sharing about it because I think it's such a necessary need for like a human need connection is a human need but then especially having you know meaningful relationships and meaningful friendships is something I think so many of us crave like I was even talking to a friend not too long ago who recently moved and she was like I've just been like craving friends like in my zip code and it's so hard for me to find you know and it's just like it's so hard so anyway I just I love that you're talking about this and that you're sharing on it your book is titled the life council and I would love if you can just explain what that is and why it's so important okay so the life council is a similar concept to like a business's board of directors. Mm-hmm. About you have a business's board of directors and you're trying to like make that business thrive. Mm-hmm. You're going to stock that table with like someone who's really good at finance, mm-hmm. someone who's really creative, someone who has a lot of experience. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to try and have people with different strengths mm-hmm. who are going to help you, you know, grow your business. The same idea applies to the life council. Mm-hmm. It is stocking our life, looking around at who is already there and the strengths that they are bringing or could bring Mm -hmm. to the table for us to thrive as humans. And then of course, the reverse is true. What are we bringing to other people's life councils? Like Mm -hmm. what are our strengths and how can we best pour into one another? Because we don't all have the same Mm -hmm. strengths. I mean, some people are nurturing. Some people are super fun. Some people are very logistical. Mm -hmm. all have different ways that we walk in this world. And yet we think that like a best friend has to be all of those things. Mm. Like when we think of best friends or, you know, like like, everything on one person. Yes. We want that person to take care of us when we're sick Mm -hmm. and be fun Mm -hmm. and pick up our kids at carpool. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we expect one person to sort of fill a lot of buckets. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is why sometimes we're disappointed in our friendships because we don't have this one Mm-hmm. all-encompassing bestie. And I wanted the Life Council idea to sort of elevate all of our relationships and look around and see like, but maybe you have a work friend and maybe you have a neighbor and maybe mm-hmm. you have, you know, a fellow mom friend or whatever it is, instead of feeling the lack mm-hmm. of not having this like serious soul sister that mm-hmm. a lot of us crave, mm-hmm. seeing what we do have and like that is what community is. Yeah. That is what alleviates our loneliness in the end. Yeah, that's so good. I love that. So speaking of your book, I know you talk through 10 types of friends that every woman needs. And I love this concept because I think we love to have things broken down, right? Yeah. But I'd love if you can share a little bit about what those 10 are and explain some of them a little bit further. Okay, so first of all, I don't want people to be, be freaked out by the idea. <laughs> like, I think people hear that subtitle, 10 friends every woman needs, and immediately they feel like a lack or like mm-hmm. a of like, I don't have 10 friends. I've never had 10 friends. I don't plan on having 10 friends. Mm -hmm. So I do want to clarify that the 10 friends that I write about in the book, it's over the course of your life. Mm -hmm. Like over the course of your life, you're going 
to collect these people. And also the friends that I explain that I'll list here, they are just meant to get your own sort of wheels turning in your own life. They're not exactly going to mimic mine, but these are sort of like general archetype of friends. So here there's the daily duty friend, Mm -hmm. the old friend, the business bestie, the fellow obsessive, the battle buddy, the yes friend, the mentor, the password protector, the new friend, and the soul sister. So those are the 10. And then there's a sort of bonus section or an extra section that I really care a lot about that's called the empty chair. It is leaving a space and your life council Hmm. open. That's so good. Okay. So walk us through what a couple of these mean. I don't think we need to go through each one, but I'd love if you can walk us through like, what's the fellow obsessive? What is the password protector? My brain's like, what does this even mean? (laughs) Okay. So the fellow obsessive, I'm glad you started with that one because that has been the one that people most want to talk about. Hmm. I think people's eyes light up when we talk about the fellow obsessive. So this is a friend that is simply obsessed with the same thing you are. And this is a fun friend. This can be anything from like your favorite TV show to mm-hmm. your favorite workout to, you know, whatever it is that you're obsessed with, because we all have things that we go through phases that we're really into. That person is also really into it. So you can spend hours deep diving with them about whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people around us in our lives, our spouses, our family, they might like really tire of our obsessions. Mm-hmm. Like they don't want to hear us go yeah, on and on yeah. about our obsessions. But if you have a fellow obsessive, that is a way to connect. Mm. Now, the thing about a fellow obsessive is it can lead to a bigger connection or a Mm. deeper connection. Like maybe you start because you're both super into Taylor Swift and that's like fun to talk about. But then, you know, it leads to seeing what else you have in common or Mm -hmm. that you just like spending time together or whatever. But the other side of this, and I talk about this throughout the book, is if your fellow obsessive friend if it doesn't deepen, if it just stays as a person that, you know, is at your yoga class Mm -hmm. every week or or whatever your obsession is, you run together or you deep dive on The Bachelor together, whatever it is, that if it only stays there, that's okay too. Because it is fine and fun to have friends that are sort of on the shallower side, Mm -hmm. that you don't have deep obligations or responsibilities to that you don't have to like invite to your birthday dinner or whatever. I think we need to sort of let some of our expectations in friendships Mm -hmm. go Mm -hmm. that not all, not all friends are going to be at the same level and having like a fellow obsessive friend is simply fun Mm -hmm. and fun is Mm -hmm. important. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. I think you're so right. You know, I was walking through a hard season a few years ago or over the last several years. And I remember it was a friend that just really stood out to me as someone who just kept me like, lighthearted and young because I think we all need that right like someone who's just fun and like gets you out of your comfort zone like just makes you look at life a different like through a different lens or just a more lighthearted lens and I just remember feeling like so thankful for that because while I was so thankful for the friends who could listen and advise and like pour into me and certain things I also just love that a friend was like come on let's go do something spontaneous you know it just kind of like got me out of my head and I think you're so right we all need something like that so I I love that I would love to also dig into the password protector because I'm personally like what is is this like the secret keeper? Like, what does this mean? <laughs> well, I write about the password protector in a few different ways, but it basically comes down to someone that you trust completely. Mm. Like you would trust them with your passwords. Mm. Now I do think that there is like a place for this to be very literal, like a person who has a key to your home, who, you know, would 
be like an emergency person mm-hmm. almost if you need it. I mm-hmm. tell a story in the book about uh, accidentally on one of these photo sites that I had uploaded a bunch of photos to that were meant to be private, a private mm-hmm. photo gallery. Mm-hmm. They got out and they were like all over the internet. Oh. And I had to call a friend. Mm-hmm. I was in a place where I couldn't deal with it myself. I had to call a friend and give her my passwords and be like, lock it down. Like, mm-hmm. please fix everything. And she did immediately. No mm-hmm. questions. And this was a friend that I would trust with my passwords, like Mm -hmm. literally and metaphorically, like Mm -hmm. the type of friend that you know is a vault that you can tell like the hardest of things and they're not going to tell someone else. Mm -hmm. They're not going to exploit it in any way. So I write about it being both literal and metaphorical. Mm -hmm. And I also think that the password protector is like something to consider in this sort of digital moment Mm -hmm. of if something happened and like, God forbid, there's an emergency or anything like that, if you needed someone to be able to take over your social media accounts or get into your email or your laptop or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, and in some in some ways, those things are provided by different platforms or mm-hmm. by your banking institution or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, don't don't be dumb about it. Like, mm-hmm. be smart. about. It. Mm-hmm. But in some ways, I have seen this go down where like someone needs to hold some of these things that we think mm-hmm. we'll never need to share. Mm-hmm. And in the worst case scenario we do. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. So good. I'd be curious, do you ever like, you know, we think about friends and so often we think about like our peers in terms of like maybe other women, our age or something like that. But do you think these roles could be filled by like your mom or your sister or your spouse? Like, could it be somebody that you have another relationship with that maybe isn't necessarily a friend, but someone you really like a friend only, like they're also a family member, maybe a sister-in-law, someone that you have a friendship with, but who's also part of your, your family or your, you know, kind of distant family, I'd be curious if that can be filled by that role or because some people do hear that, like you said, like, oh my gosh, I don't have 10 different friends, you know, but personally, I think of like, that might be somebody like my mom, you know, that I'd really trust with something like that. Or, you know, so I'd be curious your thought on that. Well, everyone is going to have their own situation. Mm -hmm. And I specifically write in the book about friends because one of my key friendship philosophies, I have five friendship philosophies in the book. And one of them is your spouse is not your best friend. So I really feel deeply that certain family members, and of course it gets blurry depending on people's life circumstances Mm -hmm. or people's like relationship with their sister or mom or whatever Mm -hmm. like you're describing. But I also didn't want it all to like in the same way that we don't want to put all of our eggs in one basket in one friend to be Mm -hmm. everything. I don't want our family members to be our only friends. Mm -hmm. Like I think it's important to have relationships outside of family because with family, there's an inherent responsibility. Mm -hmm. You're for better or worse stuck together and having an outside perspective, having someone who knows you outside of whatever your family role is as daughter, as sister, who knows you just for you and, you know, sees that side of you. Mm -hmm. Like I just, that's super valuable. However, I do think that there's a lot of crossover between friends. Mm -hmm. So your battle buddy might also be your business bestie, Mm -hmm. for example, Mm -hmm. like because the battle you're walking through is happening at work, Mm -hmm. like, or something like that. Mm -hmm. Your password protector that I just talked about might also be an old friend Mm -hmm. because that's where the trust was built or Mm -hmm. something. So there, there might be a lot of crossovers in these archetypes that I lay out, but I do separate out family because Partners are so important. Siblings are so important. Parents are so important. Mm -hmm. But those are like elevated roles. Mm -hmm. Like I have a sister and my sister's not on my list of friends because she's my sister. Mm -hmm. Like, like, uh, I say that in a place of honor, you Mm -hmm. know, like 
it doesn't, it's not less than it's Mm -hmm. the whole separate piece. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. Okay. I'm glad I asked that because I I think sometimes we might substitute like, well, this is a person I trust, but they're my sister. So can I just stick them in that role? So I'm glad that you kind of differentiated that. Okay. One other one I want to ask about is the yes friend. What does this mean? The yes friend sounds like kind of what you were describing earlier about your friends who Hmm. got you out of the Okay. when you were having like a time of struggle. Mm-hmm. Now, a yes friend doesn't have to be tied to a time of struggle. The mm-hmm. yes friend is typically the one who, you know, maybe plans the girls' nights out or mm-hmm. is quick to say yes to an adventure. Mm-hmm. Like they are a positive spirit mm-hmm. in your life that mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of us need. And I also think the reason I wanted to write about it is because I think sometimes we dismiss yes friends. Like we're mm-hmm. like, well, we're not that close. Like she's mm-hmm. a fun friend. She always, she's, she's in my wider circle or whatever, mm-hmm. but like, we don't have heart to heart. And I wanted to be like, but what is she bringing to your table? Fun, mm-hmm. sort of like obsessive is such an important part of mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. And just because she's not a heart to heart type of friend doesn't mean she's not valuable. Mm-hmm. I actually read a friend in the book, Tracy, who Tracy hates a heart to heart. That's like not her personality type. It's not how she connects. She loves to have fun. She's the first to say yes, everything. And I sort of just wanted to like honor that. Mm -hmm. I have friends that feel like, like, like Tracy might feel like, well, maybe people don't want to connect with me because Mm -hmm. I don't do this deep thing. And I wanted to like honor, maybe you're the yes friend. Like if you're the one always planning and always reaching out, always having fun, Mm -hmm. Maybe you're the yes friend and I want you to see the value that you're bringing Mm, to others. That's so good. I love that. That's so true because you're right. I think so often we think we're not really friends if we don't like know each other's deepest, darkest secrets. And it's like, where did that myth come from? You know, like you might have different levels of friends. My mom always kind of told me something similar, like you need to have your fun friends and like the people who kind of keep you having fun and living life and like on your toes, you know, and then you need to have your friends who challenge you and that you can go deep with and you can share your secrets with and having a balance of that can be really good, you know? So I'm glad that you're talking about that because I think especially as women, like we, we want that deeper connection. So we assume like every friend has to fill that role and that's not necessarily the case. So that's great. Did you see my new book, Embrace Your Almost, is officially out in the world, and I can't believe it's available to you anywhere books are sold. You can grab it from Amazon or Target or Barnes & Noble or Books A Million. There's some special editions out there, too. Target has an exclusive edition. Barnes & Noble and Books A Million both have signed editions. And you can also get it at local independent bookstores. Anywhere books are sold, you should be able to find it. So if you are walking through a season of unmet expectations or disappointment or broken dreams or waiting or uncertainty, this book will bless your life. If you are not in one of those seasons, but you're just not entirely sure what's next for you, this book will bless your life. And if you have a loved one or a friend or a sister who's walking through a season like that, who's dealing with unmet expectations or broken dreams or uncertainty or waiting, this book will be such a great gift for her or something to pass on to her. So if that sounds like something you need or something a loved one in your life needs, grab a copy. Grab a copy from Amazon. Grab a copy from Barnes & Noble, from Target, from anywhere books are sold. I cannot wait to hear what you think. And I cannot wait to not only get this message in your hands, but also for you to pass on this message and share it because I believe it's more than a message. It's a movement. So as you listen, as you go about your day, I would love for you to put it in order, grab a copy and start reading as soon as it arrives at your door. For those who embrace the impossible, the Defender 110 is up for the adventure. 
This iconic vehicle has been redefined with a modern design that lets you go further and do more. The exterior is reimagined with compelling proportions and precise detailing, complemented by an interior built with integrity. The Defender capability is legendary. Whether you're facing off-road challenges or harsh weather conditions, its durability has been tested to the extreme. Powerful innovations like the intuitive driver display and award-winning infotainment system keep you connected. Innovative camera technologies deliver unobstructed views and effortless maneuvering. And robust cargo capacity means more room for your gear. Ready for a wide range of adventures, the Defender family features the two-door Defender 90, the Defender 110, and the Defender 130, which seats up to eight. To drive the Defender is to explore with greater confidence. Push what's possible with a vehicle made to go further. The Defender 110. Learn more at LandRoverUSA.com forward slash Defender. Want to make smart trading decisions fast? Decision Tech from Fidelity can help. You'll get heads-up alerts on market events and insights that can inform your buy and sell decisions. Plus, you can trade fractional shares with zero commissions for online U.S. stocks and ETFs. Never miss an opportunity. That's Decision Tech from Fidelity. Get started at fidelity.com slash trading. Sell orders are subject to an activity assessment fee from $0.01 cent to $0.03 cents per $1,000 of principal. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. With two little kids, I do most of my shopping online now, but it can be so hard to shop for things like clothes online because I never know if I'm getting good quality until it arrives. The game changer, upgrading to high quality, affordable pieces from Quince. Now I have luxury essentials that transition from one occasion to the next, and I stayed on budget. Quince has so many options to choose from, like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. One of my favorite items from Quince is the silk pajamas I got. They are so high quality, luxury pajamas, but not at a luxury price tag. And I just feel like they don't even compare to some of the other pajamas that I have bought online or that I've bought um, just at various different stores. And like, these are incredible. <laughs> Indulge in affordable luxury by going to quince.com slash she for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash she to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash she. Thrive Market is a go-to for all your grocery and household essentials, and the convenience of getting everything online then quickly shipped to your doorstep is a huge time saver. Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories, and you can use their on-site filters to suit your lifestyle needs. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks, low-sugar alternatives, or gluten-free pantry essentials, you can curate your own shopping experience with just a few clicks. And when you shop Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one-for-one one membership matching program. You join and they give. I use Thrive Market every single month. I get our dish detergent, dish soap, and various other just basic household essentials that are low-tox and non-tox ingredients, and it is the easiest way to get all of my favorite clean items sent right to my door at an affordable price, I should add. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash she for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash she. Thrivemarket.com slash she.
Okay. One other question I want to ask is how we can actually create our own life council or like, you know, board of directors, if you will, with the friends that we already have. Like what if we look at the six or seven friends or four or five friends that we spend the most time with, or we see most often we can see, you know, maybe how they fill a few of these roles, but there's also a lot of these roles that aren't filled. What can we do to create like that life council with what we already have right in front of us? Well, I really want readers to fill it with friends they already have. This book is not a directive to make you go out and create 10 new friendships. Mm -hmm. Like that's too heavy a lift. No one's going to do that. Mm -hmm. That seems really hard. The whole argument in the book is to look around at your existing friendship landscape Mm -hmm. and see like who we can kind of elevate to different roles or, you know, see in a new light, see with a new perspective and and see abundance instead of lack. Mm -hmm. So the whole book is about looking at your existing Mm -hmm. friendships. But if you're reading through the archetypes and you think, okay, well, I like don't have a mentor mm-hmm. and ask yourself, do you want one? And I'm using that example because this is actually a seat on the life council that I have always craved. It's never been quite filled for me, but I've always wanted sort of a friend that's older or wiser or sort of offering guidance. Mm-hmm. And if you notice that that is a gap, that one of these that you do sort of crave, there is a gap there. You don't have a business bestie. You don't have a daily friend and you would like to. Mm-hmm. Well, then this is sort of like a call to keep your eyes open to this is a role in my life that I really would like to have someone seated there. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're reading through some of them and you're like, I don't have this one and I don't want this one. Like if you don't work in a traditional way or something, you're never going to have a business bestie in the way that I write about mm-hmm. it. Then that's okay. Like mm-hmm. that one just doesn't apply mm-hmm. to you. You know, I don't mm-hmm. want anyone to read through them and be like, I have to have these exact 10. Mm-hmm. It's really to make you think like, oh, I had this when I was young and it really brought a lot of value or I wish I had this or, oh, I can see that this friend is filling a certain need or I can maybe hopefully it also makes you think about the roles that you're mm-hmm. filling in other people's needs and give you some freedom for you to not have to be everything. Like if you start to really see yourself as a yes friend mm-hmm. and just like say out loud, I hate a heart to heart, which I don't think is, is either you or I, but you know, like mm-hmm. if you can notice, like I'm just going to release that I have to be X, Y, and Z because yeah. I'm really great. So really, I just want people to be seeing themselves and these friends and then Mm -hmm. seeing the ones that they don't have but might like. You know, we don't always examine that. Like, who do I wish I had in my life? Mm -hmm. So if you are reading through and you do feel like, well, there's some crossover here or I don't have this one, just sort of noticing in yourself, like, does that kind of prick my heart? Like that I maybe do want that person in my life? Mm -hmm. And then just I'll sort of walk down that road of what would it look like if I sought out a mentor mm-hmm. or an old friend or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Love that. Okay. Let's talk through some friendship pain points though. Cause I think this might be something that can feel like gets in the way. What are some common pain points or struggles that you see come up between friends and, and what would you say to that? Well, a big one that we've already talked about is expectations. Mm-hmm. We feel like we reach out the most and they never reciprocate mm-hmm. or that we don't have time to you know, pour into friendships the way that we want to. That's a big pain point. Mm -hmm. In the last few years, which you sort of touched on at the beginning, a huge pain point has been brought up by the pandemic, actually, Mm -hmm. that I feel like even though I was writing about friendship before 2020, it really brought to light a lot of our differences, maybe online or like, you know, how we 
are walking in the world mm-hmm. in some way, suddenly we were like forced to reckon with it. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of times you can be in a friendship group or in a friendship relationship that maybe mm-hmm. you don't totally align, but you agree to disagree. Mm-hmm. You love each other through it, all of those things, which I, and I'm for those things, but mm-hmm. suddenly we were put in a position where it was like, oh, this is really hard, mm-hmm. like daily mm-hmm. <laughs> to see a friend's posts or to realize you were approaching different things in a different way. I feel like mm-hmm. the pandemic brought a lot of that to the mm-hmm. surface. So mm-hmm. that has been kind of a more recent pain point. Another pain point that I hear online when I host these conversations online a lot is when a friend's life has changed in a way that yours hasn't. Yeah. So friends get married and you're still single. Mm-hmm. You have a baby and your friends don't have mm-hmm. children yet. Those like big life changes. And then it's kind of a struggle to figure out how you fit into one another's new existence. Mm -hmm. And it seems like that's a miscommunication on both sides of that equation, Mm -hmm. right? The single women want to be invited still to the things where it's all couples. Mm -hmm. Couples don't want to feel like that they're sticks in the mud and not fun anymore with their single friends. Like Mm -hmm. everybody is sort of feeling the itch and uncomfortableness. Mm -hmm. I feel like when uh, friendship groups like the circumstances change. Mm -hmm. So that's the big one. I mean, I feel like I could do pain points all day. There's a Mm -hmm. lot. Yeah. No, but these are also relatable. I think we've all felt that way. And and I think in that same vein, a follow-up question I want to ask is what tips do you have for evaluating your friendship circle when it comes to like what's working or what might need to change, especially when these struggles do come up? Well, the first thing that I say to anyone is that it has to start with notice, noticing and being self-aware. If you are feeling like something's a little off mm-hmm. in in a one-to-one friendship or in a friendship group, there probably is something off, mm-hmm. honestly. Like really sort of listening to your intuition and noticing around you what mm-hmm. is changing. Mm-hmm. Now, the caveat to that is we all have insecurities or we all have anxieties that sort of lie to us, mm-hmm. right? Like we, we get in our head about like, oh, is everyone hanging out without me mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So getting really still with yourself and noticing truly like, is there something off about this dynamic? Is there an imbalance in effort or time spent or what we want or expect out of friendship? And then this is a big one that I say to women because I started doing this myself, really noticing when you get in your car after an interaction with someone or after a girl's night out or brunch or whatever, shopping day, Mm -hmm. when you get in your car notice before you start driving home and get on with your day and do your errands and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Notice, how do I feel? Do I feel fulfilled by Mm -hmm. this interaction? Do I feel like my cup is full? I'm going to go on about my day. I'm so happy. Mm -hmm. Or do I feel depleted? Do I feel like I was not my, the best version of myself Mm -hmm. when the conversation took a turn? Do I feel like I'm annoyed that I spent an hour of my day doing this? Mm And that all goes back to sort of noticing and that's, it seems easy. That's like such a simple thing, but actually a lot of us go on autopilot for years. Mm -hmm. We stay in friend groups where we feel like we don't belong anymore. We're actually uncomfortable just because it's easier Mm -hmm. or, you know, we stay in friendships because they're old friends Mm -hmm. and we feel like it would be too hard to try to change direction at this point. Yeah. And it it really takes like noticing and being honest with yourself about if something is working mm-hmm. or not before you can change it. I tell a story in the book 
that I went on a girl's trip, like a girl's weekend, like mm-hmm. got on a plane and traveled for years and would come home and like grump to my husband about it. Like, oh my God, I was annoyed by this, that, and the other thing, or mm-hmm. I, I felt left out in a certain situation or, or whatever I would mm-hmm. say. Literally years <laughs> until my husband was like, have you ever considered not going mm-hmm. on this annual trip? And honestly, I hadn't. I had never considered that I could opt out Mm -hmm. because these were old friends. These were women that meant a lot to me. I mean, they did, but there was something about it that wasn't working. Mm -hmm. And it almost took someone on the outside, like my spouse, to be like, I don't know why we keep doing this Mm -hmm. because it's so much easier. We feel like, and we're sort of taught when we're young, right? Like that friends are friends forever, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, that for there to be a change would mean drama or pain or whatever. And that is sometimes true, but it's not always true to be like, oh, that was a season mm-hmm. and and I don't have to continue to walk in this. Mm-hmm. Friendships, relationships do change. They fade out. People naturally grow apart. People change and transform and evolve. And we don't always take our friends with us on those journeys mm-hmm. and accepting that from like a healthy and whole place instead mm-hmm. of like, a drama and angsty place mm-hmm. is is a good thing. Yeah, yeah, so good. I think it's such a good example, the trip example, because you're right. I think sometimes once we get like familiar with something and comfortable with a certain group or whatever, we forget like to evaluate. Is this still working? Like, am I actually, is this filling my cup? Like, is this healthy? Oh yeah, I can opt out if not, you know, but we always have such a fear of doing that. So I think that's such a relatable example. <laughs> Uh, but I'm glad that you brought that up because I think a lot of us need to be thinking about that, you know, and sometimes I think if you opt out of one thing that allows you the space to grow something maybe new and healthier and more fulfilling for you in the season that you're in now, maybe that was a great group or a great trip or a great whatever five years ago or eight years ago or 10 years ago, but maybe you're in a different season now, you know, or you're having different needs or you desire different things from friendships and and making that shift is okay. And I think hearing that is so important. One of the things I want to talk about is kind of speaking of creating space for new friends or, you know, cultivating what you really want to cultivate. You talk about three guidelines to making friends. Can you share what those are? Yes, I can. Okay. The three guidelines I talk about for making new friends. And I will first say that I love the idea of new friends as something that we talk about that's not a chore. Like mm-hmm. I think sometimes you think, oh my God, a new friend. Like I just do not have time. Yeah. Or I don't want to get vulnerable with someone new if I haven't fully trusted them or mm-hmm. all these ways that we think making a new friend seems really scary. Mm-hmm. And it can be, I get, I get why we feel that way, but I write about new friends in this book as like a good and fun and awesome part of our journey because Mm -hmm. a new friend is meeting you and the version that you have created of yourself right now. And that brings so much value, like more value than we would ever give it credit for because old friends get like all the glory, right? Like old Mm -hmm. friends have known you for a long time. They've seen you through hard times, like all these wonderful ways that we talk about old friends. Mm -hmm. And of course I value old friends. But I want us to put good value on new friends because they are meeting this newest version of you. They don't have baggage of what you went through. Like most of us have fought really hard to become who we Mm -hmm. are. Mm -hmm. And so to meet someone who connects with that and likes that person Mm -hmm. is a validation of who we have become, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So like we don't always have to get validation from 
old friends who know us on a deep level. New mm-hmm. friends can be an affirmation that we're on the right path. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, but to answer your actual question, <laughs> the three guidelines for making new friends that I write in the book. Number one is keep your eyes open. So I feel like a lot of times we make really snap judgments Mm -hmm. about why a person may not be our style, Mm -hmm. like may not be someone that we're interested in connecting with maybe because, you know, they don't like look a certain way or carry themselves in Mm -hmm. a certain way, or they're, they're not in sort of the same space as you Mm -hmm. are or something where we like make an immediate judgment of like, Mm -hmm. yeah, she's not going to be my people. Mm -hmm. And I really want to encourage you to keep your eyes open that we're not always correct in our snap judgments. Mm -hmm. That sometimes someone that we might have dismissed in some way will turn out to be like a really beautiful, beautiful Mm -hmm. friendship. So keeping your eyes open. And then the second part, the second one I think is almost the most important one. Let it be loose. So the other part about making new friends is, especially if you're making new friends from a place of loneliness or if you like moved to a new town or, you know, you're in a new situation where you really want new friends. Mm -hmm. We have this like almost like an air of desperation. Mm -hmm. Like we not only want to make new friends, we want to make like a new best friend. Mm -hmm. We want to like really connect, Mm -hmm. you know, we're like really feeling that this is what we want. And that is an energy that comes off of us. Mm -hmm. And so I want to say like, let it be loose. We are not friendship dating for friendship marriage. Mm -hmm. Like you're you're not looking for the one. Mm -hmm. If someone doesn't text you back or someone doesn't really seem to reciprocate or whatever, it is most likely not personal. Like in the very beginning of friendships, like they're just busy. They've made a snap judgment that may or may not be true, whatever. Mm -hmm. Like if we're just holding it all loosely, Mm -hmm. even with the good interactions, even with Mm -hmm. good connection, Mm -hmm. holding it all loosely so that we don't feel so attached to this is the one person I've connected with lately. And I really need to make this work. I really Mm -hmm. need to make my new best friend. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, I have a million examples in my life of where I, I gripped something so tightly that I strangled it to death. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Same. <laughs> you kill it before it gets started, right? Mm-hmm. So number two is let it be loose for making new friends. And number three is consistency is key. This is just true with so much in life that, you know, you have to, you know, spend a certain amount of time together to even sort of consider them a new friend, right? Mm -hmm. So you have to see each other or text or communicate in some way Mm -hmm. pretty consistently, especially in the beginning before Mm -hmm. you can sort of like understand that there's a a foundation of friendship already there. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, whatever that looks like for you, if that's like you sit down and um, try to make connection every day or once a week, Mm -hmm. like text people, send an email, you know, send a little like funny DM on Instagram, whatever it is that is kind of how you're feeling out a new friendship, consistency is going to be key. Mm -hmm. I also say, because this is what works for me, but I think this works for everyone just in a human way. It really is amazing if you have a consistent thing that's already in place. Mm -hmm. For example, if you see each other at book club every month, if you see each other you know, at yoga every Saturday, Mm -hmm. if you take a walk every Tuesday around your neighborhood, whatever it is, if you have a thing that is kind of already on the calendar, Mm -hmm. that's consistent, it takes away like 80% of the work Mm -hmm. of new friendship Mm -hmm. where you're like really have, you know, it's really hard to like constantly ask people to coffee or whatever, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, like Mm -hmm. to constantly be coming up with a friend date. Mm -hmm. 
it's easier if you have something consistent already in place Mm -hmm. and then your connection just builds and builds. Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. Okay, so let's do a quick recap. So first one is not let it be loose. What's the first one? That's the second one. (laughs) What's the first one? I just lost my train of thought. The first one is keep your eyes open. Yes, keep your eyes open and let it be loose and then consistency, right? Yes. So good. I love it. These are really practical things we can implement. I love this breakdown. I feel like this is, it kind of simplifies, I think, the friendship equation and the desires of so many of our hearts. You know, it's like we, like you're right. At the beginning, you talked about how we tend to put that all on one person. And I think breaking this up and helping us understand, you know, what are we really looking for and how can we foster that and how can we cultivate that? And maybe not all in the same season, but maybe we have a couple different friends. One's the fun friend, one's the password protector, you know, one's the soul sister, those kind of things. And then the next season of life, maybe we have a couple of the other ones. So just being aware of that, I think is so helpful and just be, it's just really wise, I think, in creating kind of our life council, as you call it. So I love everything you've shared. Please tell us where we can learn more from you, hear more from you and get your book. Thank you so much. I'm so glad that this resonated with you. I am on the internet at lauratremaine.com. You can find my book, The Life Council. You can find my podcast, 10 Things to Tell You. My favorite place on the internet is Instagram, mm-hmm. where I am at lara.tremaine. Awesome. I love it. Well, Laura, thank you for being here. Thank you for everything you've shared. It's just been so good and so encouraging. This was amazing. Thanks so much. I'd love to hear from you. It makes me so happy to see you tuning into this show. So if you're on Instagram, let me know what your favorite part of the show was by taking a screenshot of the episode you've tuned into and share it on your story. Tag me at Jordan Lee Dooley and tell me what your favorite quote or takeaway from today's show was so that I can see what's helping you and even feature what you share. This keeps me inspired and encouraged to keep creating new content And it's a great way to share something that your friends might love too. I can't wait to see you in Instagram world, my friend. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about the She Podcast or to get involved in Jordan's growing community, visit jordanleedooley.com. Thanks for joining in today. Until next time, remain committed to intentional choices that refine your heart, faith, health, and work because your story is much too important to settle for anything less. Want to make smart trading decisions fast? Decision Tech from Fidelity can help. You'll get heads-up alerts on market events and insights that can inform your buy and sell decisions. Plus, you can trade fractional shares with zero commissions for online U.S. stocks and ETFs. Never miss an opportunity. That's Decision Tech from Fidelity. Get started at fidelity.com slash trading. Sell orders are subject to an activity assessment fee from $0.01 cent to $0.03 cents per $1,000 of principal. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC.